When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Oh, familiar podcast, new faces. Theo Greminger, Maddie Kiwum here with the future cast. Theo, what's going on, my brother? I'm really, really stoked to be doing this with you, Maddie. Shout out to our boy, Cody Carpenter, who crushed it with this podcast for a while. And, you know, we, we had to bring it back, though, because college football started and we've been talking about doing this for a couple of months we're not going to be every every week, Maddie, but we're going to be right. dropping fire when we're here, um, and we're going to bring in some very very cool guests. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about you know some of our favorite prospects. It's never too early, you know, for dynasty managers. Dynasty never too early to understand what these picks are worth for college mm-hmm. football fans. We got you covered for NFL draft fans. We got you covered. Um, I'm stoked, Maddie. How you feeling? Oh man, it's such an honor to to be you know carrying on the future cast banner. You know Ray G getting it started, Kobe, Cody Carpentier taking it as far as he did, and you know those are some of the best rookie prospects, college type of uh, you know analyzers in the game. So to kind of inherit the baton and hopefully to keep this bad boy running is very very exciting. And then we're gonna bring on some very special guests. Maybe Cody wants to come back and officially pass the baton one night. That'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, Theo, I'm excited because. As I've gotten into fantasy and dynasty, I've gotten into more and more college. You know, it's on a different day, so you can get two full days of football. So college football has become uh, a mainstay for me on Saturdays. So it's exciting to get in. We had week zero last week, and we got a very, very, very special guest here tonight. So, Theo, what else do we want to talk about the show before we get into the thick of it? Because I'm very excited for tonight's guest. No, I mean, like Maddie said, I mean, for me – I love hearing about these guys because I want to know what my dynasty picks are worth. I have a lot of dynasty leagues. I have a lot of 2024 picks and, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of think about like, you know, how, how we always want to have picks, you know, trade equity and dynasty, but I really want to know what those picks are worth. Cause Maddie, you know, this like Mm -hmm. the one Oh two is worth more in some years than it is in others. Mm -hmm. And this year is super, super exciting for me not to, get like too far ahead. We're going to talk about some of these prospects, but like you're going to be hearing about Marvin Harrison Jr. All year. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear about Brock Bowers all year. And then we've also got for, for Superflex dynasty. It's a, it's an unbelievable year. So I love the guest we have tonight. I love being able to chop it up with you. I'm, I'm super fired up for this one. Yeah. We got the co-host of the rookie big board on uh, very excited. Mr. John Lop is going to join us here one second. So let's get into it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. John, what's going on, my friend? 
Hey, it's the greatest time of the season. We're basically going to have back-to-back football for five months. I mean, because I'm a Friday, Saturday college football watcher, Sunday NFL. So this is the greatest <laughs> time. I already got like a little early schedule first three weeks who I'm scouting. I've done my summer scouting, but we all know that, you know, ratings change, rankings change mm-hmm. as the season develops. But I feel like I'm in a really good position to b- talk about the 2024 draft class. John, let everybody know what the rookie big board is and some of the stuff that you and Matt Hicks do. Because I've had an opportunity to podcast with you guys a lot. Um, you're grinding. You guys really, really have strong takes. You go deep on prospects. Um, and the rookie big board is is definitely very, very cool stuff. So where can people find your work? Hey, you can just go to um, patreon.com and type in patreon.com backslash rookie big board. And what Matt and I both do during the summer is we're watching film that we have of the top prospects, you know. So I've already watched like 12 quarterbacks right now, 15 running backs, 15, 20 wide receivers. Tight ends, I'm a little short. I'm not going to maybe five (laughs) on the tight end position, you know. But I I feel really good about the class. And then what Matt does is he puts together his scouting reports. So if you want early scouting reports on all these players, Matt has them up. And then by the time December rolls around, we're ready to rock and roll. And we start with the Senior Bowl preview series. So once we find all the seniors who are going, we break down in about half hour, 40 minute video, all of the prospects at the Senior Bowl by position. And then by about mid-February, early March, we begin our individual player profiles. And last year, I think we did 44 players, and we'll probably do between 40 and 52 in the upcoming year. And each one's about 10 minutes long. It gives you statistical and, you know, film analysis of the skills. No, that's awesome. And, and we don't want to hear about a lot of tight ends right now, John. We want to hear about <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you kick it off because, first of all, Maddie, we we we're not going to talk. This guy's not draft eligible. No, but he might be him, as the young kids say. The himity, yes. Um, the him factor we have to discuss. <laughs> the him factor is high on this kid. Maddie and I are we're, we're, every time we do one of these future casts, uh, we're going to kind of try to concentrate on the the guys who are draft eligible. We don't want to talk about mm-hmm. too many guys that are young. But I think that if you watched Week Zero. There was kind of like one takeaway player. So, Maddie, people were tuning in to watch Caleb Williams, but what did you notice in that USC San Jose State game? Well, I noticed that there was a, a receiver that was looked like every bit of crazy dynamic, scoring touchdowns in the passing game, scoring touchdowns on kick return. Zachariah Branch from USC, five star recruit, John. Where do you project? I mean, I don't know if you have your list already sorted out for 2026 because, like Dio said, he's not draft eligible. He's a true freshman but where do you project he's gonna sit in the in the wide receiver ranks when he is draft eligible right now i have him and this includes all college wide receivers he's my number he's my number 21 overall waiting on 2026 now obviously i could tweak him up to 18 or 19 after last sunday's game i i'm gonna wait till like two weeks to tweak 510 172 so you're not talking about the biggest prospect, but mm-hmm. you're looking early breakout player already. He, he almost broke out. He <laughs> is unbelievable with football in his hands. Now there was one little, and I and I don't take this as being as a freshman. His A dot was like a third of a yard. So I understand what Lincoln Riley was doing. You have to understand this is a true freshman. He might be 18. You know, I don't right. even, he might not even reach 19 yet. I don't know exactly when his birthday. I don't have that right now. But you're talking about a young man who scored two touchdowns, first time on a college field, and he was uber exciting in the open yeah. field. So if you're looking at a young man, let's just say he gets up with, I'd love to be 185, right? By the time he's 21, if he's 185 at 5'10", you're talking spectacular prospect. But we have learned that weight isn't as important as it was a decade ago. Now, all I want to see from this young man right now is his ability to master the route tree or at least excel. Let's say he excels at four routes in the next three years in Lincoln Riley's system. So there's development. But when you're talking about skills, electricity, and the ability to compete, unbelievably off the charts. And, John, you were on a – 
really, really, really good 180 pound or so wide receiver this past year in Zay Flowers. And <laughs> so, you know, we, we've seen those guys drafted in our rookie classes. We, we're not, we're not weightless. Maddie and I like wide receivers <laughs> on different levels. Yes. Uh, that's Branch is no an absolute stud. Um, you know, I wish he was a little bit older. Uh, now we got to wait around after seeing that sort of game. But uh, <laughs> let's let's start out with the big ticket. Uh, it's Caleb Williams. And Caleb Williams, like, we had to put him at the top of the show sheet. He's an unbelievable prospect. I think if you're holding the 101 in, in a, you know, super flex draft uh, for your dynasty leagues, you know, when we start doing our rookie drafts many, many months from now, he's going to be the 101. Uh, just how good is he, John? This will be my 11th year doing my um, rookie prospect profile series. I would say right now in this little bucket, and I go back to prospects, not what they've done in the NFL. There's a mm-hmm. difference. The two-player bucket that he's now in, in my book, is Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. That's how good he was. Now, I had Lawrence ahead of Mahomes. So Mahomes is the number two prospect, and I had Trubisky low, three or four in that draft class. I was not a Trubisky guy and so far as food might not be mistake not try there's players i've missed on so that's part mm-hmm. of the process but caleb williams right now is an elite rarefied ear and he's in the perfect system with lincoln riley my friends kyler murray jalen hurts the people that he the quarterbacks that he have that he has put in to the nfl baker mayfield if you mm-hmm. like him or not he was a number one pick right i mean right. and he's had a modicum of success that's an incredible track record. And if you don't remember, Caleb Williams started at Oklahoma. What was amazing about him? They had the number one quarterback prospect in Debbie football and Spencer Rattler. Yeah. He started the season terrible. He got benched against Texas. I think about uh, uh, right around halftime, Caleb came in and the story has been written ever since catapulting last year with the Heisman at USC. He followed Lincoln Riley to USC from Oklahoma. He has shown me so much on tape. I've taken notes on six of his games from last year. So I know the skill set is there. I'm not going to use the hyperbole yet that he's Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is so special of an NFL player. There are skills that are resembling Patrick Mahomes. I'm not Great. I'm not foolish yet. Patrick Mahomes has just become an uber efficient with everything. He's, he's great. One thing that's a concern for Caleb, he takes too many sacks, folks. He mm. takes way too many sacks. And this is very interesting. It's just a ding. He holds on to the football too long because he trusts his arm and his ability to make plays. So that's going to be a concern down the road. I was reading about two years ago because I looked into this. Why did Sam Howell fall? Like, I did a lot of, like, what I liked him. I think I talked to him, right, Theo, with you when we were yeah, on the show were, two years you were ago. Yeah, you were big on Sam Howell. Yeah, so why did he fall? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Where did my analysis go? And one thing I learned in all of my research, scouts ding quarterbacks for sacks. Sam Howell, his last year at mm-hmm. North Carolina, took an unbelievable amount of sacks. Now, I like to put it in context North Carolina wasn't that good that year. They lost Michael Carter. They had lost Javante Williams. They had lost Daz Newsom, their wide receiver. Um, they had one other good wide receiver. I don't. I think he might have been cut today. But he lost a lot, and he took sacks, and he tried to make things happen. Watch Caleb. He takes too many sacks right now. He believes in himself too much. I would, too, if I had his arm <laughs> and his athletic ability. But that is something that I'm watching for. And one thing that's important right now, I don't put too much. I love the San Jose game. It was fun to watch. We talked about Branch. Obviously, I was watching Caleb Williams. San Jose, folks, they might not have an NFL caliber defensive player on that roster. What I'm waiting for, and I'll watch USC because they're fun to watch. But the games that I want, and I will literally take notes at Notre Dame, number 13 team in the country, at or against Utah. And Utah beat USC last year. Washington, Oregon, top mm-hmm. 20 teams. And, of course, I'm a big believer. 
you're playing UCLA. That's an in-conference city rivalry. Big Those rivalry, are the yeah. five games I'm going to sit down and finalize my notebook with Caleb Williams. Because honestly, against Nevada this week, he's going to throw four or five touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to see anything against Nevada. Against Stanford, he's going to throw three or four. Arizona State is almost as bad as the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, his numbers are going to be silly, and then we're going to see him against Notre Dame. And that's when we start to see what is this man under duress and against the highest level of competition. So if Caleb Williams, I mean, he's obviously sky's the limit on the prospect. So if he's the 101 in our Superflex drafts, Drake May is the early candidate to be the 102. So Drake May flashed a whole lot last year. He has that prototypical size, 6'4", 230. Looks like he has a laser rocket arm. He's that mobile quarterback, that new age quarterback. So what type of ceiling does does Drake May have? And and where does he fall in that whole uh, bucket comparison of prospects? He's going to be a little down. I I don't know if he's in my top 10 yet of the last decade. He's close. Um, I don't know if I would have him over Kyler Murray at this point. Kyler Murray was a really good prospect. Um, I was high on Jalen Hurts. Not, I mean, Theo was with me. I think yeah. you've heard. I was very high on Jalen Hurts. That's a good, like, what's the debate between Hurts as a prospect and Drake Murray? So let's say he's somewhere between Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. I'm not talking about skills. I'm not talking about how they look. What I'm saying is here's a bucket of players mm-hmm. who my model and my film study projected to be NFL first-round level draft picks. I'll say this about Drake May. His level of outcomes are massive. Mm. He could have a Will Levis-type season and fall, or he could solidify that number two spot. And here's why. North Carolina is changing offensive coordinators. Sometimes when you've seen these young men at this level, when they bring in a new offense with a new scheme, sometimes they take a step backwards. Also, remember, he had Josh Downs last year. Josh Downs was his guy. There were literally times where Jake, Drake May was just throwing it to Josh Downs' son. You know, come on, make something happen. I mean, Josh Downs was great with him last year. So I'm excited to see how Drake May deals with challenges. So he, if, if he goes off and has another great season, I mean, like, without question, the number two. Because he overcame off-the-field adversity, things that he can't control. And I love that in my quarterback. One of the things that I said, if you would listen to me of Jalen Hurts, I like the fact that he got rejected by Nick Saban and the young man fought and worked his way through Oklahoma. It showed me a lot of ability to overcome challenges. Drake Mays in the similar boat. Now, Will Levis had that last year, and unfortunately, Will Levis didn't show very much last year, and he fell. What was he, the last pick of the second round? He, he fell deep into the second – or no. Oh, oh, the second, second pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah second, second pick of the second round. round. So he fell, but he was a top – like some people were saying he was top five pick at this time last summer. All to the Colts. Yeah. So okay. Drake May is in a similar situation. Now, does he have the arm strength? Yes. There's no question about that. I love his ability to throw the football. He has sneaky mobility, 760 yards rushing. Yeah. In basically one season on campus. Now he was he he didn't play his freshman year. He might have played the last game of the year if Sam Howell sat out in the bowl game or something like that. I forget, but he basically started for the first time last year. So you're looking at over 700 yards rushing, 46 total touchdowns at this young stage of his career. I mean, <coughs> excuse me immediate breakout player. I mean, basically, you know, he's a, he's a red shirt freshman. So essentially a sophomore at 1920 and he started to excel right away. Good news. I think Tar Heels reloaded at wide receiver mm-hmm. and they still have, and they still have the same head coach. Matt Brown is still the guy in charge. So with Matt Brown in charge, he should force the offense coordinator to, play towards Drake May's strengths, but you never know in the college game. Maddie Kiwum, when you look at Drake May, how excited you get about him? Do you, you, you're, you're taking him, you know, just to kind of put this in perspective, you're, you're easily taking him 
over the the three quarterbacks from last year's NFL draft that went in the top five, or are you taking pause with that one? Well, depending on landing spot, that is a massive factor for quarterbacks. It could be anywhere from over all of them or right behind Anthony Richardson. The the skill set of Anthony Richardson is obviously too tantalizing. But when you watch Drake May play, he looks like that prototypical new age quarterback, except he has Justin Herbert size. Where Caleb Williams at 6'1", he's bigger than Kyler Murray, uh, but he's not as fast as Kyler Murray. So that's just kind of like that the comparison of when you're watching these kids play. Drake May kind of fits that uniform at 6'4", 230. He looks every bit of the stud QB1. I will say this about him. Unlike Caleb Williams, where we have to sit back and kind of wait until that Notre Dame game to get excited, we <laughs> may have a chance to get excited about Drake May in a week. I mean, his first game at South Carolina against Spencer Rattler will show what he's made of. And his number one receiver, Tez Walker, is still dealing with a visa issue. I don't know if he's from Canada. I think he's from Canada or something. He's dealing with some sort of transfer issue. He may not be eligible to play. In the spring games, the rapport between May and Walker looked dynamic. Walker was making big plays downfield. He'll do a lot of that big play downfield stuff that Josh Downs was able to supply to Drake May in 2022. So if he can't play and somehow Drake May comes in and puts a heroic effort to beat South Carolina on the road without Tez Walker, we were talking about Himothy.com, Theo. He might be well, he might be him. And shout out to the North Carolina uh, football staff. You can't get a Canadian uh, worked out on a visa issue. (laughs) Is this big time college football? I mean, come on, man. Uh, I will say one thing. I've already penciled in my Saturday night. I'm taking notes scouting Drake May because Maddie, that he's going into South Carolina. They're sneakily pretty good in the Mm -hmm. SEC. They're better than people think. Right. I cannot wait to see this young man on the road in the challenge against the Gamecocks. That's going to be a very big game in my book for Drake May. Now, let me ask you this, John. NFL GMs sometimes go falling in love. And Maddie referenced the size oh, where yeah. you squint and you see, you know, this big prototypical size guy. Do you think that there are going to be NFL scouts that have Drake May ranked ahead of Caleb Williams? Are there going to be anybody where it's one of those situations where, you know, we heard Gibbs was ranked ahead of Bijan by maybe a few organizations? Do you think certain teams are going to rate Drake May as their best quarterback and then de facto 101? There will always be a few people who take a contrarian or minority position on a prospect. I do not see it. Having watched Mm -hmm. each player at length, And I like Drake May, don't get me wrong, but I don't think I can compare the two of them from a quarterbacking skill set and the upside. And I agree, Theo, they're going to look at 6'5", 216, and what if he comes in at 222 or something, right? There will be people who just say, that's it. He's too big. His arm is too good. I'm going to go for him. But I don't think he has the athletic upside of Caleb Williams. It's it's Caleb Caleb Williams. Me me and Matt will be disgusted. If yes, but there, <laughs> I mean, could there be? I mean, can you imagine if the Arizona Mark Cardinals maybe if somebody's gonna value Imagine if they took Drake May. I mean, that would just be mind blowing. Yeah, it would be super Caleb. weird, super super weird. Yes, <laughs> but so we we have like a clear top two quarterbacks, and then after that, you start seeing people, you know, ranking different guys as the QB three. And you had an interesting one, John, and it's one that I know Matty Kiwum really likes as well. Who's your QB three right now? I know I tend to be a little bit upfront on this one, but when I break down film and I like a player, I feel pretty good and I've made mistakes. We all do. But when I see someone and and he passes the eyeball test and then I put him in my model, I'm like, hey, wait a second. What's going on here? (laughs) It is K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas, 6'3". And here's the best, Theo. Talk about size, 245 pounds. I mean, this is a big man in the Anthony Richardson, Cam Newton bucket. And here's why. I'm not an SEC guy. I'm in the North. I've grown the law. Like, you can't debate the level of competition. He's playing in the SEC. 
And the numbers he's put together are unbelievable. Over 5,800 yards passing. And Maddie, you know this because I know you've looked at the numbers. 1,429 yards rushing. He's mm-hmm. going to walk off of that Arkansas campus with over 2,000 yards rushing. He'll probably have 110 total touchdowns. And Theo, he's better throwing the football than he's given credit for. My one concern about Anthony Richardson, and there is no perfect statistic, but his quarterback rating, Anthony Richardson, was way below my benchmark. K.A. Jefferson is a 159.6. He's above Drake May. I mean, I said this with Jalen Hurts, right? I heard this all the time. Jalen Hurts is inaccurate. I said, then how did he complete 66% of his passes? Look at his quarterback rating. Like, when, when someone says someone's inaccurate, that is somewhat subjective. I look at the numbers, and the numbers tell me that K.J. Jefferson is pretty good with football. And yes, <laughs> can he make an off-throw once in a while? Yes, he's a 20-year-old man playing in the SEC with a massive pass rush coming at him. But the numbers tell me he's pretty accurate with the football. Mm-hmm. So I'm all in on KJ Jefferson. I mean, I might, I might, he might not rise through the first round, but right now I have a first round grade on KJ Jefferson, Theo and Matt. When I watched him play, his film to me last year, I kept thinking of this one phrase, Cadillac Jalen Hurts. He's Cadillac. Yeah. He's the SUV version of Cadillac, of Jalen Hurts. It's what he looks like. And you yeah. talked about his accuracy. 67 and 68 completion percentages over the last two years. I mean, yeah. that was the knock on Anthony Richardson that he was had the sub-65% uh, completion percentage, sub-60%. This guy was yeah. almost 70% each of the last two years. Uh, he might shock some people this year. I like yeah. that. I have him as my QB4, so I like the, the call at three. Yeah, I really like him. Well, I want to ask you about one guy. We don't want to get too deep here, but a few years back we saw Daniel Jones go in the first round of the NFL draft, and now they have a Riley Leonard. And I see some people have him ranked really high up in their rankings. I think it's, like, super interesting. Um, Where are you at on on Leonard? Is he somebody you're viewing as a first-round pick? Oh, I'm not even close to a first-round pick. Okay. My – because I I saw some people talk about Riley Leonard. I'm like, wait a second. Am I missing something like that? Like, I'm honest with myself, you know. Like, what did I miss? So let me go look. And I went back and looked, and I don't know where the first-round buzz is coming from. I I, I just don't feel. You talk about inaccurate. I'll just say he's not good throwing the football accuracy-wise. I, mean, I don't think he's even close to what I'm looking for in a prospect. Can he grow? Yes. Does he have a skill set that is intriguing? Yes, because he's a dual threat quarterback. So there are parts of his game that I understand that's tantalizing. Now, he's a little thin in my book. He's 6'4, but he's only 209. So he is like, he doesn't have a lot of bulk. On his body, like I, I would like for 6'4", just in general, to take the NFL hit. I would prefer around 220. We'll see what happens. But here, look at his passer rating, 137.3. Say, like, no boy, man. We don't want to waste your time. It's also he's from Alabama, and he went to Duke, and that's weird. If you're that's from weird. Alabama, you go to Alabama, you go to <laughs> you Auburn. Go to Auburn. You go to, if you want to leave, you stay in the <laughs> SEC or go to Florida State. You don't go to yeah. Duke. We're already off my list. Maddie, <laughs> you want to ask about Maddie? Because I know I know you you've got another guy as your QB three. I gotta ask you about Quinn Ewers because this is the kid that was labeled the next one, went yeah. to Texas, didn't necessarily break out like we thought we would, but by all reports coming out of Austin this spring. He's outplaying Arch Manning. He is the QB1 and should get the season to himself. He's got weapon, weapon, weaponry all over at tight end, wide receiver. They have they reloaded at running back after losing Roshan and, and B. John Robinson. So I, I just want to say, where, where do you have yours and what do you think his ceiling is? Can he get back that hype that he had coming into college? Right now, I have him at number seven. So I'm a little bit lower than consensus on Quinn Ewers. Okay. Here's why. 
I need to see it. When we're talking about elite prospects, like first-round draft picks, I need to see it on film. He had one great half against Alabama. If you take out that great half against Alabama, mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers doesn't even look like he deserves to be in the NFL field. Right. I'm also, he's now, this is three years removed from high school. I have thrown high school film and grade out the window. I think there's some a nice data point I, I, I mentioned, you know, four or five-star prospect, but I'm much more concerned what I've seen on the field. Matt, I'm willing to open my mind. There's no excuse for him right now. You Zero, mentioned it. Right, Texas right. is loaded in wide receiver. They're not you. They're not Ohio State. They're not you know LSU <laughs> yet. But they, no, no, it's right. They're not USC. <laughs> but they have so much talent at the wide receiver position. They have an improved offensive line. They have an, a coach who's been exceptional at getting quarterbacks into the NFL in Sarkeesian. So there's no excuse for Quinn Ewers to not be successful this year. I'm being open-minded, but when I broke down his film, I just see glimpses. I don't see consistency. He's Mm -hmm. all over the plate. I think he relies on his arm too much, Matt. I see him throw off his back foot. And I think he makes some bad decisions with football. So I'm a li- I need to see a lot of growth before I move Quinn Ewers up. His big red flag for me is his size and lack of rushing ability. I mean, he's under six, he's six two, under yeah. two hundred pounds listed on the Texas website. I mean, this is a guy that you would expect by that size to be speed like, to be speedy. He's not speedy, and like you said, he no. lies too much on the big throws. So you know, like right now, I have him higher in my rankings, but he is one that could tank, especially with this class, because there are a number of guys who could skyrocket in a month. Theo wanted to ask me how many career rushing yards Quinn Ewers has, Theo. How many rush, career rushing yards does Quinn Ewers have, John? Minus 52. Is that <laughs> no, good, John? <laughs> no upside running the football. That hurts. I mean, let's be honest, right? I'm doing Debbie Dynasty rankings. That hurts our mm-hmm. upside ability of this young man as, a, as an asset on our fantasy squads. So Minus 52 yeah, should be on the golf team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. What's going on there? So Maddie, Maddie's got a, uh, you know, wants to touch base on these running backs and wide receivers and tight ends, but I want to take a quick pause. Which game are you most excited to watch this weekend, John? Like when, if you could pick one game to watch this weekend and that's it, what game would it be? It's going to be the South Carolina, North Carolina game. I mentioned it. We got, we talked about him. Let's spend Rattler goes now. He's going to Mm -hmm. be an interesting prospect to watch. So I'm really excited for that game. And Maddie, what about you, man? I mean, for me, I know which game for me. I want to watch LSU Florida State. I, I, my, I. That's like the one game. It's a big um, game. Shout out to Andrew Schellenberg from the Goat District. Uh, he's a Florida State guy. He goes to all the games. He's going to this one. They beat Ooh. LSU last year, and I think that that game is just going to pop off. And there's not too many huge games this weekend, but that one kind of stands out. What about what about you, Maddie? Is there any any game that you got circled? So I, I'm definitely going to tune into the FSU game for a number of reasons uh, on that offense. Also, my one of my favorite players in the nation, Malik Neighbors, but we'll talk about him potentially in a second. But I'm watching the the, the, the Battle of the Carolinas. I'm with John. You know, May is he is so intriguing to me that I need to see what he does with this new offensive coordinator in hostile territory. And from all reports, Spencer Rattler looks good. In yeah, the, the reports are very intriguing. <laughs> and the things you want to hear on the straight and narrow, coachable, listening, all the things that has been derailing his career in college. So that QB matchup is just too important for me to miss. I'm yeah, maybe talk about – because some people might not know Spencer Rattler transferred to South Carolina. And his his path is just a little bit different. John or, or Matt, you want to kind of handle that? Yeah, hey, Spence Rattler came out. He was a five-star prospect by Rick, Lincoln Riley. And I'll say this. I'm going to defer. I defer to great coaches at positions. When Nick Saban said Jameer Gibbs is his guy, I was all in last summer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Nick Saban knows more about running backs than I do. If he says it's <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, I'm all in. If Lincoln Riley said Spencer Rattler was his guy, which he did, hey, five-star prospect, but you know what? It didn't work out. Now, Maddie referred to it. 
He seemed to have a lot of personality conflicts, off-the-field challenges. It didn't work. He has rejuvenated himself for at with South Carolina here. A little undersized at 6'1", 191, but he's got the arm strength and the athletic ability with his legs. Very interesting prospect this Saturday night. Awesome. Maddie, take it away. Who do you want to talk about next? So we, we talk about superstars here, and, and this guy is now getting reports already being compared to some of the greatest at the position, Brock Bowers. We've got to touch upon these tight ends because this classic, you said you haven't dove, a ton, you know, dove in a ton, but Brock Bowers is going to be regarded as one of the most hyped prospects at the position in its history. So the way I want to present this to you, John, because I think this is the way the FutureCast listeners will, will really be able to conceptualize the stardom in the trajectory that Bowers is on. So where does he fall for you when it comes to him, Fryermuth, uh, Pitts, Mayer, Laporta, Kincaid, all, the, all these guys over the last three or four years? Right now, he's Kincaid and Pitts. That's the bucket that he's in. He's now we're going to have to see his athletic timing, but I'm starting to hear things out of Georgia. He's going to do pretty well at the combine. Like they're starting to be because people are wondering, right? We all know his. If you, he's on the, when you watch him, when you watch him, John, he flies. Oh, he flies, dude. Right. I mean, he, he moves. He's so good as an actual route runner and prospect on the field. There's no question that he's going to have the ability to get separation and get open at the NFL level. No, but we all we all like those data points at the end at the com or his pro day, whichever one it is. I think as far as a receiver, I think he's as good as anyone I've seen coming out of the tight end position. He can run deep routes, he can run crossing routes, he can run short routes, you could run picks with him, you can run screens with him, you can put him in motion. He's good at the line of scrimmage. I'll say this, he's above average NFL. He's fine. He's, you know, he's not Kelsey. He's not a dominant blocker, but he playing at Georgia. He's not getting on the field as a freshman if he doesn't get his hands dirty as far as, you know, hitting the defensive end. So he can do that for you. I've only got one minor concern. He's listed at 230 pounds. Mm. At the NFL, we know we like the 245. 240s probably. What is going to be his final weight? Now, is Georgia keeping him thin because they want him to be a little bit more of a wide receiver? Can he come in at 240, 245? Other than that, I don't have any concerns about him playing at the NFL level. He'll be a first-round draft pick, maybe top 12. Matt, Matty, I'm like, when I watch Bowers, it's like if he was just listed at wide receiver and he's a 230-pound wide receiver – like, I think we'd still be really, 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 really excited about him. Um, and the fact that he's a tight end, I don't know. Because we saw Kincaid go in the first round this year. And Kincaid was, you know, 23-plus years old mm-hmm. and certainly doesn't run like Bowers. But, I mean, I love Kincaid. That's my that's my guy, player profiler. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I watch Bowers, and I'm just, like, smitten. And we play – so, like, for, for a tight end premium, let's say non-super flex. Okay. If you had, if you had to spitball your, your rankings for tight end premium for 1.5 points per reception, like we see in the FFPC, how excited would you be about Bowers um, in that kind of format? Four or five. Depends on the running backs, who comes out, where they land. But he's, he could be behind the big three, the two quarterbacks who have talked and we're going to talk about a wide receiver. But then yeah. it could be Bowers, depending on the running back. We don't have a Bijan right now. There's no one at the Bijan level. So Bowers could be that number four in a tight end premium. What are your thoughts, Matty? I know you're, like, super stoked about this kid. But uh, he, he He's dominant in terms of the production that he's given out. I mean, 880, 880 yards as, as a freshman. Over 900 yards last year. You know, he's on path for 1,000. He did come to Georgia. I do believe he came in as a receiver. He was, you know, pictures of yeah, him as he declared as a very thin wide receiver. So the weight thing is a concern in this moment in time. But I'm also wondering, this is pure speculation. This is just a gut feeling. I wonder if this offseason wouldn't have been dedicated to bulking up now that he doesn't have that pillow and Darnell Washington playing with him in the, this offense where he didn't need to block. 
He had a, another tackle on the field. Darnell Washington was clearing everything out. Darnell Washington's one of the best blockers we've ever seen at that position. So I, I wonder if this year he does he step on the field at 237 on his way to 245 because at 6-4, he gets close to that 245 threshold and runs a 4-440, which he's, you know, potential. I mean, his high school metrics on a player profile doesn't matter, a 4-4-8. So if he could get, be in the 4-4s at 240, you're talking about a top 12 pick, potentially top 10 pick. I mean, at this point, he, he'll he be regarded as, a you know, the next Kyle Pitts. Think about Kyle Pitts. He's 6'6", 245. Just oh, yeah. looks the part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think wild. Yeah. Bowers, what I think was wild was, like, Bowers had, like, 100 and something rushing yards. They yeah, he got three rushing touchdowns. They're they're yeah. doing design runs for him, right? Doing whatever they can to get the ball in his hands. And like, you know, Darnell Washington was, you know, by all accounts in the NFL, it's a guy that, you know, people have concerns about whether he can be. I know, you know, Cody Carpenter always had concerns about him being able to be a guy who receives targets in the NFL. I think Pittsburgh likes him a little bit, and and he certainly uh, was an athletic monster. And look at the amount of targets he got compared to Bowers with Bowers being three years younger than him. And Bowers also comes from the state of California, goes to Georgia. I mean, it's just the wild stuff. The kid's such a stud. Mm -hmm. And Maddie, it's also interesting. Like they have the new offensive coordinator there, but um, I imagine they're probably going to run similar scheme because Bobo was there last year, but I don't know. We're starting to get super excited about Bowers. To me, it's like, I don't think we'll ever see a prospect as good as Pitts in terms of like prospect prospect. Um, but Bowers is really, really close. And I think he could end up being the kind of guy that we're already seeing like Dalton Kincaid in redraft this year in tight end premium. He'd be like a seventh round pick in redraft. I think Bowers could end up being like a higher, like, uh, like immediately in consideration for us in redraft. Cause if you spend that, top 10, you know, type draft capital on him for an NFL team based on kind of what he is, he's going to be like a 90 target guy as a rookie. So I'm, yeah. I want as much as many like tight end premium tickets uh, in that first round, Maddie, as possible to try to get as much Brock Bowers. I don't want to miss on that one. He could be yeah, like what the managers wanted Pitts to be like right. say so. year for year. Theo, you're, Theo, you alluded to this. He's been in the offense since he stepped on that campus. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sorry. They haven't had a thousand yard rusher. None of Pickens was under, he wasn't what he was at Georgia. He has literally been the Bulldogs offense since he stepped on that field. And they won two national mm-hmm. championships. I mean, what more yeah. can you say about him? And he does not shy away in the big games either. He's always no. there. Yeah. Highlight real plays against the biggest teams, the best teams in the brightest spotlights. Maddie, we got it. We got to. I think we're going to leave tight end alone and okay. let's move over. I know you got some running backs you want to talk to John about. We got to leave a little bit of time on the clock for a wide receiver that everybody might have heard of. I'll make this one simple because you alluded to it a few minutes ago, John. There is no Bijan. I don't know if there's a, a Jameer Gibbs going into this season. So just what's your top three to five? Just real quick, who do you like and who should people be on the lookout and, and start maybe making some notes on these players this this, this fall? Actually, so I would say right now I have a true first-round grade on any running back in this draft class. They all have second-round grades. But I'm a tough grader at the running back position. Doesn't mean that one can't go up. The top of the board right now is Raheem Sanders at Arkansas. My friends, 6'2", 221 (laughs) in the SEC. You want size in this class, baby. There's some size in this class. There's size in this class, people. (laughs) Averages six yards a carry in the toughest conference in the nation. And, Theo, here's where the gold could be. He has 39 career receptions in about a year and a half. That's all he's played. And he was a receiver in high school. He has pass catching chops. So he could catapult into the first round. My number two, I'm still a believer. Size is going to matter with him, but Trevion Henderson is absolute gold at Ohio State. He was unbelievable freshman year. He basically, I mean, he was as good as Justin Fields in that offense as a freshman. Last year, he suffered a really bad injury that really hurt his production in the field, so he's fallen under the radar. 
195. He's about that Jamar Jameer Gibbs size. I'd love to see him at the 200. But in two seasons, average 6.3 yards per rush, 31 receptions. What I love about him, Matt, and you probably have seen this, he's a home run hitter. He'll get like three yards, four yards, three yards, and boom, 55. I mean, he just, once he gets in the lane, once he has a lane, he's in the second level, forget about it. He's unbelievable. Now, we have two sophomores who are not eligible, so we'll skip them. Then the next one is Braylon Allen. Matt alluded to size, 6'2", 238, (laughs) man. And Theo, he was a linebacker in high school converted at the age of 17 to running back and started like in game five of his freshman year. He was still 17. Theo, he gained over a thousand yards at 17 (laughs) in the big 10, 238 pounds. I mean, he just hurts people, Theo. If it, I mean, I, I, I think like, wow, what would he be like with Tajay Spears in Tennessee? You would just have lightning and just absolute <laughs> sledgehammer with Braylon Allen. Because I think you talk about size, NFL team's going to fall in love with Braylon Allen. Here's what I love about him, folks. His feet. He has the feet of a 205-pound man. On a two, he has those quick feet. You're like, yeah. how did he get through that hole? How did he do that? And you watch, I don't know if you have to zoom and do something, but watch his feet. They're amazing. He's an NFL back between tackles. The X factor. I'm a Will Shipley guy. Some okay. people, he, there's all different perspectives on Will Shipley out of Clemson. Jameer Gibbs profile, 5'11", 200, 54 career receptions in two seasons. 5.4 yards carry. And put that into context, folks. Clemson's offensive line has been dreadful. Remember when we were scouting Cam Akers and everyone made fun of that Florida State offensive line and how bad it was? That's basically what Will Shipley's been running behind at Clemson. So even though he only has 5.4 yards carry, you have to say, but that was a really bad offensive line. He's a good player. I'm high on him. The guy I like, and you, we could debate Blake Corum, but I like this player right now ahead of him. Trey Benson, Florida State, 215 yeah, pounds. He's got that hammer, 6.3 yards carry. Not a great receiver. Only 13 receptions. I don't love the film work, his route running, but that's a little bit of the offense. You never know, right? We have to be open-minded with pass catching. But those are the top five. And then it would be like Blake Corum. People are really high on him. People are really high on Donovan Edwards. That Michigan backfield, both of them are a little small. The offensive line just helps those running backs at Michigan. You know, what would Bill Shipley do behind a Michigan offensive line? <laughs> I mean, that, that's how I look at it. You'd yeah, make those, McCarthy's life a whole lot easier, I'll tell you that. Oh, my, oh, absolutely. So those are my top five. I love it. Benson was a guy I was, like, picking Cody's brain on last year because, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, he gets me excited. When you run, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of times this class is is just a, a little bit odd because we have such talent at the top of the quarterback and tight end spot. But you know, if you want to really have value out of your first round dynasty picks, we're going to need this running back class to land well and land a number of guys on day two. We don't need the first round uh, pick like that would be nice. But if we need a bunch of these guys in the second round, yeah to feel really good about these rookie picks. So it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Is there anybody at running back that you want to pick John's brain on Maddie before we move on to, you know, the, the, the big ticket? No, I, I mean, I don't, he hit all seven guys. These are, I have two tiers right now in terms of the running back position in college. Uh, It's four and then three and you hit all of them. And and rocket Sanders for me, it's like, imagine if DJ Moore going into college was like, you're going to play running back son. And he was like, (laughs) That's Rocket Sanders. I love that. He's so good. I'll give you one name that's going to be interesting. And I know we don't scout the uniforms, but Jace McClellan at Alabama, 212 pounds, 5'11". He's legitimately really good. 
I think he's going to go. If he goes out and has his 1,200 yards, which my CFF projections look at as him as a 1,200-yard rusher, he should be a day two guy maybe in the third round. I mean, I think he's a very interesting prospect. I mean, we have to scout the uniform a little bit. Yeah. It works, back. yeah. I mean, Brian Robinson's in the league right now. Yeah, Brian Robinson's going to be, you know, is going in inside the 10th round right now. And he was like the one where, like, he got drafted because of Alabama. No, he's a 10th round pick now. So right, um, yeah. we got to scout it a little bit. Um, but, Maddie, why don't you take us away? Because we want to spend a little bit of time on this prospect because he's very special. We were talking in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Maddie. The wide receiver class is, in my opinion, going – I think it's a loaded class. I like oh, I a lot so. of players in this draft, and it's and this is how good the number one prospect in the class is. He's overshadowing. I think it was going to be one of the best classes over the last three years, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. He's he's got the size of Julio Jones, the athletic ability of these shorter guys that we're seeing at six three, coming from wide receiver U, Ohio State, absolute stud. Uh, what's it, does he have the ability? Let me ask you this way: because of the weirdness of the Cardinals, if they choose to go Kyler Murray, because that eighty-five million dollar dead cap situation going next year, do we see the first wide receiver taken at the one hundred and one in the NFL since what Calvin? Oh no, I think it was Keyshawn Johnson at USC was the first last number one. I could be wrong. Calvin, yeah, Johnson. right. I don't think Calvin Johnson was number one the year the Lions took him. Um, but I could be I, – that could be – I know Urban Fryer of the Patriots was yeah, number one. It's very – yeah, very rare. I, look, I guess I would – the problem is with the franchise, you're always looking for the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. It, can you make an argument that Marvin Harrison has the skills and the ceiling of a franchise-changing player? Yes. Yeah. I could make that argument. Unfortunately, the reality is that the quarterback position is too – it's just too important. If you want Harrison, maybe you trade down to three. I mean, depending on what it may does. That could be the, the kind of option for you if you're Arizona. Here's what's crazy about him. Marvin Harrison, let's – and you don't know everyone. He is the son of the great Hall of Fame wide receiver Marvin Harrison. <laughs> I'll say this. He is a more diverse route runner. If you don't remember, Marvin Harrison always lined up on the right side of the formation, and he basically ran four routes. He was a Hall of Famer off of four routes with Peyton Manning. I mean, that's how good Marvin Harrison was. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do a lot of – he didn't go in motion. He didn't he, – they didn't try – they isolated him, and that's one of the reasons the Patriots, I always felt they could shut him down. Ty Law could – control Marvin Harrison in the passing game. But his son is a more diverse route runner. You can move him all over the formation. He is a classic X. There's no question about it. But he can play Z. You can put him in the slot. You can move him in motion. You mentioned his size, 6'3". He plays bigger than that because of his athleticism. Mm -hmm. I bet you his arms. You know, I know it's weird, but like for certain positions, defensive ends, and wide receivers, I like to know how long their arms are, their wingspan. Yeah. Kevin's arms are just massive with the size of his fingers and his arms. 202 pounds. I'm going to, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Right now, my summer scouting, he was better than Garrett Wilson. And I was, I mean, I was all in on Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you were. My partner. Yeah, my partner was Chris Olave. I was Team Wilson. He was Team Olave. We were both right. I mean, but that's – I think he's better than Garrett Wilson right now as a prospect. I can't – you know, I, I try – where's his weakness? Maybe if you jam him. I mean, maybe. But mm-hmm. the Buckeyes, it's hard to find a lot of jams. If you're an NFL coordinator nowadays, you're going to put him in motion. You're not going to do what the Patriots could do 20 years ago and just shut down an all-pro. I just see an elite player. He's tough. He can beat you in the middle of the field. He'll beat you deep down the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, Theo, you mentioned it. He might be Brock Bowers. I mean, we're really talking about two top two playmakers this coming out of the draft for Dynasty Leagues next year. I mean, Marvin Harrison's everything you want. Can you imagine if Garrett Wilson had 10 more pounds, 15 yeah. more pounds? I mean, that's right. basically what you got. And so I love the Bruce Feldman freaks list. And I think that's one of the best articles of the summer. 
He's Harrison's been up there for now two straight years. This year he's number two on the entire list. So he's 208. They're listing him at. Uh, he, got, he did 380 pounds on the bench. He did 20 reps at 225. 20 reps at 225 is a young guy. That's great because they get stronger. Mm-hmm. And then yes. he had a broad jump of 10.8. And then his shuttle is a 3.94. So, like, he's a, like, even on athleticism alone, even if the production wasn't there, you would get so excited about this sort of guy as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And then you add in the production, and, and he, and he, killed all the top 15 teams last year. He had like, uh, I believe it was five games and he had six touchdown catches against top 15 teams. He just, I mean, he's unbelievable. So uh, Matty, how high up would you have him in your dynasty wide receiver ranks right now? If you could rank them. I think Marvin Harrison has a ceiling of wide receiver three, you know, right after the big two. Yeah. Because, you know, his athleticism and his size could put him ahead of my number three in Dynasty, which is C.D. Lamb. Uh, but I think if I'm being conservative, oh. I'd, I'd go Lamb, Amon Ra, and I'd probably have him at five conservative. But like I said, sky's the limit. He could be the wide receiver one in one year. He could be the Jamar Chase trajectory, no doubt. I think, And I think that's going to be interesting because, like, what's interesting in Dynasty, not to get off topic from prospects, but if you ask ten people you respect who their number three wide receiver in Dynasty is – you're going to get like five or six different guys. On sure. Some guys on Amon Ra, some guys have Steam Wilson up, some guys have Lamb there. Um, AJ Brown certainly gets some love still mm-hmm. as wide receiver three. So, like, if Harrison lands perfectly, Maddie, and you alluded to him being the potential 101 or 102, if he lands in a situation where he's the instant alpha and like a high target earner, he's going to put up a Jamar Chase like rookie season where he's going to be a wide receiver one. And then if you get a wide receiver one season with that sort of draft capital, then you can be in the argument for those big two. Mm-hmm. So it's wild. John, who, what are some other wide receivers that we should be really, really excited about right now? This is crazy. This is teammate. It's teammate. Yes. Yes. I mean, this is, un- yes. you know, and I, I, I've been giving a shout out to this player and I know Ryan Day's great offensive coach, so that's different. Brian Hartline. If you don't know, he's the former Best coach Miami Dolphin NFL wide receiver. He's the wide receiver coach at Ohio State. He Unreal. remember we had JSN, Alave, Wilson. There's Ohio State, and I know I'm forgetting the two other big Ohio State Buckeye wide receivers. He has done such an incredible job coaching these young men up because you, of course, you have to bring in the talent, right? Especially at this level. But Brian Hartline brings these young men in, and he coaches them up. Here's what's crazy. Emeka Abuka was a five-star prospect in high school. Martin Harrison was a four-star prospect in high school. It kind of reversed. Abuka's 6'1", 205. Now, I actually think one area I like about Abuka, just my, he's a little bit more physical. I don't think he's, uh, I mean, you just mentioned it, Theo. Marvin Harrison is so athletic. He's in Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Those are off-the-chart numbers. Abuka is a little bit more tough, man. He seems to have more bulk. You know, looks can be deceiving. I understand that. But when you watch the film, Abuka can take a hit. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have a Michigan safety come on top of him and really lay it on him, and Abuka makes the catch. Their numbers are almost so eerily similar Harrison averages 15.9. Abuka's 16.2 yards per catch. Harrison's 1,402 yards. Abuka's 1,342 yards. 88 catches to 83. Came in the same high school class. They are at the top of my board. <laughs> it's Brian Hartline, they know what they're looking for, Theo, and Matt, at the high school level. They find these young men. And they bring them on, and they just coach them. I mean, they just coach them so good. And look, at they're ready in the NFL from day one. I mean, from day one, Ohio State Buckeye receiver gets on field. I think Abuka goes top ten. I think the Buckeyes are going to have two top ten picks in the NFL draft. I love it. I love it. 
Egg is my favorite prospect. He's not the best wide receiver prospect, but he's my favorite. He's and the reason is simple. When I watch him play, and I have such a bias, everyone at Player Profiler knows my guy's DJ Moore. When you watch him play, it's impossible not to see DJ Moore. He's wearing number two and everything. And my bold kind of – not a take, my bold uh, evaluation of Egg is if Chris Olavi is Pikachu, Egg is Ryachu, the next evolution. He's <laughs> – Super fast. He could. He just. He's more physical. Like you said, he's ten. He's fifteen pounds, twenty pounds heavier. But he can move. Man, he ran a four, a sub four five forty coming into college. Five star recruit. If he gets that top ten pick capital, I mean, Igbuka is nasty. I love it. <laughs> nasty. I like Igbuka a lot. We're we're creeping up on an on an hour here, John, and we got to bring you back soon to do a wide receivers only show because we kind of ignored it with all this quarterback love. But why don't you? Give everybody the, the rest of your top five. Excellent. Number three, Maddie mentioned it. Malik Neighbors. Maddie, I'm with you, brother. 60190 SEC pedigree, over 100 career catches, 1,434 yards. Last year, we wanted to be Kayshawn Booty. He didn't live up to expectations, dropped him late fifth or sixth round on the Patriots. Malik Neighbors was the guy last year for the Tigers. I have a first-round grade right now on him. Theo, watch him. You're watching that Florida State LSU game. Yeah. Stefan Diggs. That's what he's going to remind you of, Stefan Diggs. Yes, and you're going to be so happy to watch Trey Benson and Malik Neighbors at the same time. You, I mean, I, I like yeah. that. You, you guys can watch the Carolina teams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch SEC. <laughs> yeah. And then, all right, my number four. Now, we, I, the Pac-12 is a little bit more risky. They don't have the historical pedigree. But I love Romeo Dunze, 6'3", 211, coming out of Washington. He's big. He's physical. He's a second-level separator. He's really good when the play breaks down. I really like Romeo Dunze. The X factor, no pun intended, Xavier Worthy out of Texas. We talked about Quinn Ewers. Xavier Worthy, 6'1", 163. Theo, you can't cover him deep. Mm-hmm. You can't cover him deep. He oh, had he problems this year catching the ball, which is a problem if you're wide receiver. He dropped at least three touchdowns. You're like, oh, my God. Like, you can't do that, young man. So I'm going to be watching if he, his drop percentage falls a lot. But as far as speed and second-level separation, Xavier Worthy is off the charts great. Little undersized. 163, but we're seeing that look at Nathaniel Dell. You know, he made the team. People are excited. I have questions about Nathaniel Dell. I think he's even smaller than than Xavier Worthy. But Worthy's my number five. Now, he could go. I will say this. He could rise. He could drop. There's a wide range of outcomes for him. I love it. Um, Maddie. anybody else you want to really flag plan of the wide receivers John didn't cover? or, Or did he hit most of your top five? I have the exact same top five. I just have more of the. I knew you guys were going to like podcasting together. (laughs) (laughs) I have the exact same thing. I just have Romy and and Worthy flip flopped. I have a doozy. I did flip flop four or five, but it's to everything you said. And all the good traits of Hollywood Brown is in Worthy's game, but all of the bad traits that are in Hollywood Brown's game are also there. We're gonna we're gonna get John back on future cast, and we're gonna get John back with Matt Hicks or Matt Hicks by himself because. Let everybody know, again, where they can find your work, John. Um, you can hear the kind of, you know, detail John has in his work, the enthusiasm he has behind the prospects. And I love how, John, you don't care what other people rank guys at. When you are in on a guy, you'll you'll push him up, and you've got the receipts to prove it. I'll give you a hat tip every time I podcast with you. Khalil Herbert, guys. Khalil Herbert, okay. season, before he got drafted in the sixth round, John said that's a guy to keep an eye on. Khalil Herbert, I started in a bunch of high-stakes leagues, and I got like a usable week of him out of his rookie season, and I always give John a hat tip for that one. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, John. Sure. Please follow me on Twitter at GridironSkull91. I couldn't afford the A and the R when I signed up, so it's GridironSkull91. And please go to the Rookie Big Board on Patreon.com. You can find Matt Hicks and I there. And honestly, if you want the written profiles, they're always on football diehards. Those, all the breakdowns, all the statistical analysis that I do are available there. But thank you, gentlemen. I had a lot. This is incredible tonight. I, I'm so ready. I spent two months studying these guys. <laughs> yeah, it's here. And, Maddie, we don't have to talk about Jonathan Taylor 
You don't know that. We're chilling. We're chilling here. Maddie, yeah. you've been crushing it with game plan. Let everybody know what you got for the last episode before the NFL season. Actually, you got that in between one, but we'll call we'll call this one the last before the season starts. That so Thursday. I got something very special planned for this week's episode of the game plan. You have to tune in, but you know this is the draft weekend of all draft weekends for a lot of us fantasy gamers out there. So it's probably going to be a little bit of a drafting bonanza, if you will. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and make sure you check out First Class Fantasy with me and Billy Muzio. Check out press coverage. Uh, Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast will be back on, I believe, September 16th. We're going once a month. Uh, and then we've got some other really cool Dynasty stuff. And stick with Futurecast because Maddie and I are going to bring the heat. If you enjoy John, we're going to have some of the best prospect evaluators around. We're going to be doing this all year long. We're going to amp it up when we get to you know bowl season. We've got some big plans with this show, and we're very excited to do it. So this was this was awesome tonight. Everybody crush your leagues. Enjoy college football. Maddie, sign us out, man. Yeah, man. Keep rocking with us over here at the Futurecast as we talk about the players that will be coming into the NFL in what? The future, baby. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.